What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Spiritual Gangsters Podcast. It's me, Teresa, and I am here with my wonderful co-host, my very good friend, and one of my favorite Americans, the NY Patriot. What up, what up? Thanks How are you? Uh, very good. I'm happy this time that uh, my mic and my camera was working, unlike last time. Yes, we have had, we've actually had some technical difficulties lately, weirdly that, enough. That actually happened again before I hooked up now. And I was oh, really? like, panic. I was like, no, don't. Do <laughs> You're like, not today, not today. <laughs> I shut off all my stuff and just turned it back on. And somehow StreamYard was able to see everything. So, okay, good. Go. But yeah. at first, it was saying, you know, no mic or, 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 or no mic and no camera. And I was like, no. Yeah, it's I was funny. Like, not for this one, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I had to do my first uh, solo episode. So I was a big girl. I put my big girl pants on the other day and I did it all by myself. So it was fine. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited. Well, first of all, you're on your couch today, which is different for you. Yes. You're chilling like a villain. Yeah, yeah. Now I can relax. I can lean back and my cat can annoy me even more now. Yeah, she's going to love it, honestly. Oh, yeah. cat. She's going to sit right next to me the whole time, probably. For sure. That's good. Um, so anyone who's watching this like live on YouTube or on video later, I'm, it's my first time wearing my new Major Things shirt. So oh, I, I love it. I love it, but... <laughs> I almost my shirt this morning. Nice. I'm such a loser like that. I have like a plethora of like ironic t-shirts. So this is just one to add to the collection, <laughs> you know, keeping the reason for the season. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I am very excited for today's episode. Um, I do say that every time, but it's true. Every time I am excited, but especially today, because for me, it's a full circle moment. I had seen this lovely lady on a video a long time ago on Black Pill Radio. I don't even know like how far it was from when it was released to when I saw it. But uh, the first time I saw Amy, uh, she was breaking down the black nobility like I've never seen anyone do it before. And I was like, who's this girl? I wanna be her best friend. <laughs> and I'm so happy that I can call her a friend and you know, someone that I know through the digital space. Uh, you are not only an amazing researcher, an author of two books so far, I'm sure there's more to come, and a wonderful content creator. So welcome Amy Hunter, formerly known as Amy Says WTF. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Um, it's crazy doing a live. Um, as you know, my last podcast was on Black Pill. Um, so it's full circle for me too, because after my last podcast, where I did the Trump expose, started getting death threats. Um, my social media accounts, my Twitter, Instagram, my personal email, it was chaos that I was not mentally equipped to handle at the time. And I just ghosted the internet. I took my book off Amazon and I was just like, my whole world was flipped upside down after that show. And when you and, did this, this Trump expose, I just want to yeah. make it clear for maybe people who are listening don't know who you are that might be listening to this show or my show yes. um i'm assuming in this trump expose you did not say trump sucks go vote for biden no right <laughs> so no, I mean, that, that's the, the crazy thing is i think about the conspiracy community something i noticed when i got back into it is that you can be a conspiracy theorist and shit on a politician and somehow conspiracy people call themselves conspiracy theorists now get mad and cancel you 
Yeah. But, but yet it's not like you were saying go vote for the other one. You're just pointing a finger at it and saying that something's fucking shady or wrong. I felt now like it's all of a sudden we're supposed to worship these motherfuckers, even as a conspiracy theorist. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, at the time, if I felt like, and this was in, I think the podcast was, it was August of 2021, and the timing was crazy because I had just left Rockfin, which we're going to talk about. Um, but I felt like at the time, nobody was talking about Trump. Like nobody was saying, everybody was talking about the good things Trump was doing and how he was the best president and why we should love him, but nobody was saying like all the shady occult stuff associated with him at the time and his family and his parents. And so I had been looking into him for like a few months and I'm like, I remember talking to Shane and he's like, you, sh you, you need to do this. Like, let's do it. And so we called the title of the show, Donald Trump is not going to save you. And that triggered everybody oh, just man. off the bat because this was back in 2021 people still hadn't woken up to trump um and i broke down you know it was like breaking down like all these executive orders that had been passed since the 70s that led us up to COVID 19 and so there was a lot it wasn't just trump it was all the things that led up to trump's presidency and then he declared medical martial law and nobody's saying anything. And all of a sudden we find ourselves in masks and he's rolling out the vaccine. And I'm like, what in the fuck is going on? Like, wake up. <laughs> so that was, and then it just was awful after that. You know, there's a serious problem when you actually have, and you know, I, I really hope like most of these are bot accounts that just spread the idea, but you even had, and, and this is when I even was like, something is wrong because I had stopped dealing with politics and shit was more into practicing magic again like I was in a secret society and then I came out I knew Trump was president but I really didn't pay attention to the fucking dude I wasn't really thinking about it but like after I left I had started noticing shit about that guy or just like especially QAnon where I started seeing occultism in that mm -hmm. yeah and I was like this has to be magical if you have conspiracy theorists saying this is the only way it could be is if we have martial law I don't know one time in the last 15 years that I've been involved in conspiracy theorists, following shows, podcasts, looking up stuff. Have I ever heard one person ever say martial law is the answer? Yeah. I was like, where the fuck is this coming from? That is not a switch that you can flip the fuck off once you put it on that easy. Yeah. You realize you're a conspiracy theorist saying that we need the fucking National Guard taking over? Or the fucking no, you're not a very good Where the fuck is that coming from? That is magical. That yeah. is magical. Yeah. It, that exactly, exactly. Military tribunals. Like, oh, hello. I'm uh, so tired of that. Oh, everybody's yeah. a mo. Get the fuck out of here. No, that's the same military that's pulled XYZ throughout all of the history of mankind. Like, it's not well, going to happen. Exactly. Plus, QAnon uses the Socratic method, which is um, like asking questions. You know, they're not telling you specifically mm. what to think. It's like uh -oh, they, but they, they pose they questions. Time. But it's, that whole thing when they always go, think this, think that, think this, that's actually a way of getting you already in the thought and in the yeah. mind that they want to warp you in. So right. they, they do try to let you 
use your own mind to come up with your own delusions, but they do sometimes drop those little things. Think this, think that. They're already setting up the frame of what they want you to believe. The breadcrumbs, right? Yes, yes. And then yes. it's like, it's so. It's in the posts. They do it constantly. It's psychological warfare 101. Read a book. Like it's, I just, I cannot understand the people in 2022, December, 2022, that are still following QAnon and Q's back. Like I saw that Q came back. It is back a little bit. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. obviously, you know, Trump announces he's running for president in 2024. And now all this, um, you've got like the Pizzagate stuff coming back with Balenciaga. And it's like, okay, now we're just on repeat, guys. Yep. It's like the same thing. Like now they're amping up Pizzagate again. And this yep. is all just, we've been here before. We have learned nothing. Okay. We have learned nothing. And now with Kanye West, all that crazy stuff. Like it's just like witnessing. Reality I, TV. It, yeah. I mean, yeah. really, it's, that's what it is. Yeah. Well, I like to say like. that in like the, you know, truth or end conspiracy space, there's many levels of awareness. There's many levels of being awake and yeah. not to say like, you know, all three of us are like max awake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, right. always, there's always things for us to learn and everyone's on their own path. However, Absolutely. I do feel like you almost have to wake up twice. You have to wake up once mm. from your, you know, the world is happy, lovely, a great place. You wake up to all the corruption, political, corporate yeah. greed. And then you wake up again that, you know, there is no, Good guy. There's no savior. <laughs> There's no savior. No one is good. Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting. But yeah. really and point. I think for us too, um, at least for me, waking up within the conspiracy community, um, like when I started, well, so in 2020, what happened was March 2020, Trump declares medical martial law, right? He triggers in every single executive order that's been passed under FEMA since President Nixon, okay? So knowing all this, I'm like, I need to start speaking out. I started my first YouTube channel. I think it was early April of 2020. Um, and I was starting to gain traction. And then by November of 2020, during the Great Purge, you know, I had three YouTube channels that were banned and taken down. I was censored. Wow. And what happened was um, at that time, you know, I wasn't, I was very new to this space. Um, didn't really know how to navigate it. I didn't know who to trust. I didn't really understand how it worked like behind the scenes. And then that's when I got the invite to Rockfin. And it promised, Rockfin promised us a, a free speech platform where content creators could come and share their research and do whatever they want to do and be a part of this new, this new thing. And it was, you know, they made it really enticing at the time and it was invite only. Now, looking back retrospectively, it's kind of like a cult. You know, you know, what's funny. I, I had uh, at one point again, cause I, at one point early on in the beginning of me podcasting, I had this delusion that I needed to be justified by another show or some shit like that. You know? Yeah. And at one point I was like, oh, well, I guess, you know, getting on Rockfin is part of showing that I must be important to listen to. 
Right. So I had even made a post joking around because like I was actually trying to find out how to get on Rockfin. I had no idea about, you know, the process. I couldn't figure it out. So I made a post on Twitter joking around. I had said, I literally said, whose dick do I got to suck to get on Rockfin? <laughs> and somebody tagged Sam and said, talk to him and, you know, replied Sam Tripoli. Mm -hmm. So then I hit him up and I was like, you know, by the way, I'm coming on your show too. I gave him the, I told him the date. I said, I don't know if you know or not, your booker, you know, has booked you too. He's like, oh yeah, well, we'll talk about it more uh, after you come on the show. And then like, I realized like, you don't get on this thing unless like you're handpicked. And I yeah. was like, I mean, I was like, well, well, where's the free speech now? Like, I'm not going to he be heard unless someone says it's okay. Yeah. I said, I can go make an account on YouTube without permission. Now, will they let me have it? After I start running my mouth is a different story, but I can make the account on fucking YouTube and not have to be fucking, you know, uh, vetted. So I even yeah. started thinking like, yo, that's, I don't know. It's just free speech. It's an irony. I don't it is. Um, and so basically, you know, Rockfin, I, I was invited and I got my first um, interview uh, with the vice president of Rockfin. And so what it is basically is um, you do this interview and I'm not going to say his name. Um, he was really nice, but he said, so Amy, you know, why do you want to be on Rockfin? And I s literally said, um, well, I was kicked off YouTube. I have nowhere to go. Um, I have a lot of research and I want to share my research. He literally laughed at me and he said, oh, no, 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 Amy, oh, I'm going to ask you one more time. Why do you want to be on Rockfin? And he was, we were on a Zoom call, okay? And I was just staring at him like, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, I really just want to share my research. Um, I got the invite, you know, and pe everybody around me is like, you should do it, you should do it. Everybody's doing it, blah, blah. So anyway, I didn't know what to say. I was speechless. And he said, we are here to make money. This is a business. He's like, I want, I'm going to ask you one more time. Why are you here? And I didn't say anything. And he's like, he's like, I just hope you know that this is all about making money, bringing as many people in as you can. And he was asking me too, you know, he's like, how many followers do you have? How many people do you think you can have by so-and-so date um, offering, you know, marketing strategies of how to engage more people and bring more people in and recruit more people. Now, when I say it's like a, when I say it's like a cult, it <laughs> is because you have like the guy bringing you in as your recruit. And then once you get accepted and pushed in, um, you have to sign a contract and there's all these rules once you're in, cause it's a private company. So they have their own rules you have to follow. Um, now, another thing that was really weird is that um, I post or I tried to post a video about the Holocaust because I have a lot of questions and skeptical feelings about how the Holocaust really went down, the story. Rockfin would not publish it. Because uh, he found it to be uh, anti-Semitic. So anyway, I went back. But I thought it was free speech. other people besides you from doing stuff like that. 
Yeah. So I went back and I read the fine print in the contract and it literally says that you cannot post anti-Semitic content, which I didn't realize at the time. And I didn't think questioning the Holocaust was anti-Semitic. I was just, it's, it's a huge event defining event in history. And I'm like, why can't we question this? Why can't we ask questions about it? So I thought it was very strange that that was like the one thing, the hard line that Rockfin has where you cannot talk about. Now, fast forward a year later, Owen Benjamin gets on Rockfin and then he gets kicked off for his Jew, anti-Semitic, whatever he did. I didn't really follow it that well, but, um, and now he's back on Rockfin because they, him and Martin, the owner like made up or something. I don't know. It was like a weird story, but anyway, so, you know, when you sign on in the beginning, you sign on to these rules and you think it's like free speech. And then you slowly figure out that it's, it's actually like, there's some things you can't talk about, you know, it's this private company and um, they just, just want to make money. Like that's really all it is. And you know, it's funny. I'm actually looking at them now on Bizipedia and from the last time I looked at them, they've actually, <clears throat> They've actually created a fourth one now. There used to only be three. There was uh, one in Texas, Delaware, and one in Pennsylvania. Now they have two registered Rockfins in Texas, Texas, including Delaware and Pennsylvania. Oh, really? Well, it's definitely about money. And, uh, you know, one thing that I thought was interesting, and I'll let you go, is just something that you had said before. Uh, when me and Lux were even looking into possibly going on it before we before I made my post about whose dick I got to suck to get on here. Me and him were both trying to like fill out shit and send stuff to him about joining. As soon as we got to the question where it asked, how much content will you be basically asking? How much premium content will you be releasing? And there's yeah. options almost all the time or all the time. Sometimes maybe not that much. And me and Lux weren't looking to charge. So, you know, when you click not that much, I guarantee you, you're probably not going to get a response. They no. literally have a question on the form to join asking you how much stuff will you be putting up that costs money? There's a reason that question's there. It's yeah. not there just for the fuck of it. It's because they want to get an idea. Are you going to be trying to fucking make this thing money or not? That's what that no, is what it is. In my opinion. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is what it is. Um, and another interesting thing about Rockfin is that when you are on Rockfin, um, they monitor your channel and your data and they assign you um, what I call the Rockfin handler. Okay. Now these people that I worked with, they were so nice and they were so enthusiastic to help. Um, it felt like multi-level marketing at the highest level. These Rockfin employees, you know, they're Ivy League graduates they're um super smart and they just had this like enthusiasm about what they were doing and i it just kind of reminded me of like when you work for a corporation you know something that's not talked about enough is like corporations are like cults in their own way they oh. have their they have their own culture they have their own you know ways of acting and talking and lingo and it just kind of oh. reminded me of that oh. same thing and i've worked in corporations so i know I know exactly what that is. I absolutely hated it. And I will never work for another corporation as long as I live. But, you it know, funny. I remember the last place I had worked at, they were very much into like trying to mold and manipulate their employees just to yeah. squeeze the most amount of money out of them. And a lot of times they'd have these meetings and I'd be like, 
Yo, I literally feel like I'm watching like a fucking like a far left liberal politician up on stage <laughs> try to make sense of what you want us to do. Yeah. Like, like it was all just keywords that sound interesting that grab your attention. Like you can tell it's like it's very much word magic, in my opinion. It is. And it's yeah, like making, yeah. it's like trying to make sense of nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Well, it sounds like uh, Rockfin is kind of like the essential oils MLM of conspiracy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Honestly. It is. That's what it sounds like to me. And it's true. Like, <laughs> I've worked in corporations also and in like media, media corporations specifically. And they do, they develop their own culture. They, they have events that make you feel like you're part of something, like you're part of this like family or like club or like we're all friends, you know, but really you're just another cog in the wheel honestly hey, you know what yeah. you know what's interesting and then i'll shut up i just <laughs> and, and got him fired up to, yeah let's go you know for once a lot of these shows because for a while i was still getting emails like telling me who's the new rockfin you know rockfin people joining i don't know if people have ever noticed that but you will get emails if you're associated with rockfin somehow yeah your new shows that are dropping or that that are added to it first off i've never heard of any most of them at all I've never fucking heard of it, any of these people you can go and like go on rockfin and you'll go and look at people's videos and you'll be like oh my god look all those fucking views they got mm. all those hits they got and you're like damn like these people must be like fucking i guess i just never heard of them then you can also go over to listen notes you could type in the person's name find the podcast and it will give you the fucking rating and it will tell you like the average you know info on it if you go and look at the supposed number of views on Rockfin, it would almost be impossible for them to have such a low score for podcast listens. So then you even have to start wondering, are the fucking numbers fake? Because when it comes, because honestly, in my opinion, you're going to get a lot more audio listens than video. Don't tell yeah. me this person's got 10,000 fucking views on a fucking show, but then yet they're like in the top 8% to 5% of a podcast. Like, so I'm getting more listens than this person who gets 10,000 hits on a video? That makes no sense. The numbers are fucking faked. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. These subscription-based platforms, I it's literally everything that I was against. And I felt like such a hypocrite being on it, charging people for content. You know, it felt weird that I was even doing it. Um, and then, you know, like after like a month, it was like that inner voice just kept saying, like, you need to get out you need to go, go do your own thing. Like you don't need this. Right. Okay. And, and I started wondering, um, am I the only person that feels like this? And then once I started figuring out, you know, what Rockfin was, I actually started doing my own research on the company. Um, and this is when I started reaching out to people that were on Rockfin and I would ask, you know, and I had a lot of friends on Rockfin and I knew a lot of people on Rockfin and I would send them an email or shoot them a DM and, you know, say, hey, are you experiencing this? What do you think about this? Like, has this happened to you? Um, and the thing that I found interesting was that every single one of them acted completely OK with everything. Not one person except me had a problem with the way things were handled and how things were going. And to me, that was very strange. Um, and I realized that all of these so-called conspiracy theorists, you know, who put content out 
about truth and who are anti-blockchain and anti-transhumanism, well, now they are all part of the problem. And that's when I knew it was time to go because I realized that uh, Rockfin might be associated with DARPA. And I, I found this article and it was written by this program manager at DARPA. Um, but before I get into that, you know, DARPA is the world's best science and technology organization. They were started in 1958 to compete with Russia's Sputnik. Uh, DARPA's budget, which is approved by the president, is over $4 billion, plus all the taxpayer money that is that goes unreported that goes to DARPA. DARPA gets the most money out of any government organization in the world. DARPA. More than NASA? Uh, I was just thinking more than NASA. It's It's got to be DARPA. Are they wow. connected together at all, NASA and DARPA at all? Is there any connection? They absolutely have to be because when you think about like Operation Paperclip, mm. All the scientists that came over, they went to NASA and they went to DARPA. And that's that's what happened. <laughs> and I mean, so anyway, if you I highly recommend for anybody to go to the DARPA website and just click on their research projects. They tell you what they're doing. They don't hide it. They're very transparent. But also people need to understand that DARPA historically became what it became due to their secrecy. Now, DARPA researches and develops warfare technology. Um, they were responsible responsible for taking out Saddam Hussein, you know, with a drone. You know, they DARPA's job is to figure out the technology to kill people and genocide people. And then once they put it out into the world, it gets mimicked by the Russians or the Chinese. Like DARPA really is the best of the best. And mm -hmm. You know, you know, they created GPS. Find, you know, what I find interesting with this and it's making me think like, yeah, I should really start looking into this more. Um, you know, I have also realized that I don't think people know or, or people don't notice and realize as well. Like one time, I think Elon Musk had made a tweet or made a comment about like actually shutting off the Internet to a country or not giving not not giving them the free Internet from his satellites anymore. Oh, Interesting. So that should be telling you right there that that dude has satellites up that is actually supplying and relaying the internet to people. I am wondering, does DARPA possibly use his shit as well? Because technically people may not want to hear this. Elon Musk is an employee of the government's, the fucking United States government. He is a fucking privatized contractor working as himself underneath the fucking government. So I'm wondering, could DARPA even be using his shit out there? to do what it does and spy and get collect info. Yeah. And Elon so Musk way to do it using his shit. Yeah. Well, Elon Musk is super interesting and he, you know, this whole Twitter thing is like such a joke to me because he's, you know, claims to be all about free speech. But if you like Google Elon Musk, free speech, that guy has censored, and pushed down so much information regarding Tesla and any project that he's related to, like he is not free speech. He has like silenced so many people regarding him. I mean, maybe he's free speech for other people, but his whole, his whole like persona just seems so fake. It's a joke. It's all to oh, me yeah. and like reality TV with that guy. I mean, look at what he yeah. did on Twitter recently to Kanye West. Think of it that yeah. this is my look at it from an occultist aspect. You had Kanye West recently 
go on a fucking what was that alex jones he's got the black mask on and then he's got this little fucking thing with uh what was that like a fucking sock or some orange thing hanging on it. it looks like oh. a butterfly net making it talk. <laughs> it's like a fly all swatter I'm left, yeah. all i'm seeing is the left sphere you got a guy with the black fucking top of the left sphere the black mask and he's got the orange one that's at the bottom and then a few days later the dude who's running a blue and white platform the white pillar, the blue top, just like the Nazis, white with blue fucking eyes, kicks a dude off for anti-Semitism. It's like this is all a fucking show. The guy who actually yeah. shows more symbolism towards the beast and Nazis is Elon Musk, and he's the one who kicked off Kanye for anti-Semitism. It's a fucking joke. People don't realize this shit is just a fucking game, and they'll it's like a play. That's yeah, really and then he tweeted uh, recently, uh, like something about Fauci. Fauci should be arrested or jail time, and I was like, okay, bro. Like, yeah, he's such a farce. On the blue and white army of people on his platform. Yeah, I actually did. See, no different uh, than Himmler. I'm, I'm saying. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I did see um, a Christian uh, Instagram like content creator recently was banned from Twitter as well. I don't know why. But he said, like, he's seen more people banned under Elon than ever before so far. Yeah. Oh, Elon just tweeted. I don't know if it was today or yesterday, um, but he said something about like the woke, the woke culture needs to go or something like that. Well, anyway, OK, he's raising like three of his children genderless. Yeah. So it's, like, it's what is right. that about? I mean, he is part of the woke it makes no sense. Absolutely. The only yeah. good thing about about him is that you don't have to go to boot camp to become part of the SS. You just got to hand them eight dollars and you. Ah! Get yeah. That SS. Of course, there's that eight. The crazy eight. And there's that eight. Exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. The, the symbolism. Yeah. The exactly. <laughs> the symbolism behind that guy alone is just behind all of them, and it's so obvious. Oh. So yeah. obvious by now. Yeah, but then you still have people falling for it, which is mind-blowing, I know. Well, the people that defend Kanye West, I I fear the most because I'm like, wow. Wow. Yeah. You really uh, believe in Kanye West. Like, to me, that's just beyond clown world. Like, you're gone. Like, maybe there's no hope for you. Right? Clown world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, hold up, come back. Come back to me. It's the same people. Well, I say right now it's like this like MAGA red trifecta. We've got Elon, Trump, and Kanye all just coming out like pushing the beast. <laughs> like it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. Um well, so you know, sorry. I wanted to connect. No. No, sorry, such a tangent. Um, no, this is awesome because I with DARPA and Rockfin, you know, I kind of started talking about it a little bit and I started kind of planting seeds with people in the community and um, announced that I was leaving Rockfin and everybody said I was crazy. Um, I heard, you know, behind my back, people said I was stupid for leaving Rockfin because, you know, in five years it's going to blow up and the Ray token is going to make everybody rich. And I already saw problems with the Ray token while I was on Rockfin um, and then when I told Rockfin that I wanted to leave, um, they wanted an exit interview. Now, prior to this, when you're on Rockfin, um, you have a dashboard 
And within this dashboard, they are measuring, tracking, analyzing, and collecting every bit of information about every video you post, um, who follows you, um, and then your followers information. And it all gets tracked into this blockchain technology. So it's making the machine smarter because it's picking up all this data from everybody. And that's what you sign on to do. You sign on to become part of this blockchain experiment where you are giving away content, data, and then the people who join sign up and pay to give them data for whatever they're doing. Now, the reason why I say it's connected to DARPA is because I discovered this project called the SMISC. And it stands for the Social Media and Strategic Communication. Now, I found this article by this guy named Rand Waltzman, who previously worked for DARPA and he left. And basically he said the SMISC has four goals. One, to measure, classify, and track the spread of content. Two, to recognize persuasion and influence patterns of content creators. Three, to allure people onto a pay-to-play network to measure the effects of those being persuaded. And four, to measure ideas that are not approved by the network. So to me, it's, it sounds like Rockfin. It sounds like you know, you're paying to play, you're signing on, they're tracking and measuring all your data and everybody knows what's going on. Like, so that's like what it is. Um, and the thing that got really weird with Rockfin is um, my Rockfin handler, you know, would call me once a week and he would want to talk about my mental health. Now I've been on YouTube. Okay. I've been on platforms where you just upload your video and then you let it go and you, whatever. But with Rockfin, you upload your content, you're looking at all the data, you're looking at who's watching what and how many likes and clicks and, you know, whatever. Well, anyway, on, on the outside, you're getting these calls from these people from within Rockfin. And this guy would say like, hey, I just listened to your last rant. Like, is everything okay with you? Like, how's your mental health? How's your marriage? And very personal and invasive questions. And I'm like, dude, I'm just like trying to post some content. And the only reason why I'm posting these anger fueled, passionate rants is because this is my stupid content that I'm putting out there that is I'm making people pay for it. So I was like putting my heart and my soul into this paid content, which I didn't want to be doing um, to make it worthwhile for people. And now I'm getting calls saying like, hey, you know, how are you feeling? Like, let's talk about this. It was like very weird. And you so know, that, you know, I just want to just add real quick before. Yeah. I start, so I want to add this in. Yeah. Um, even in the OTO, the Ordo Templi Orientis, when, when you get up to the second degree, at least you are then eligible to to do certain like uh, service and stuff. And there is a point where you can offer. And I think it's for like eight months or I forgot, but it's like something you have to kind of stick to. And if you do that, there's only one person, I think, per lodge or camp or oasis, whatever it is. I don't know if it has to be a lodge, if whatever, but one per place that you're going to. One person for a certain amount of time will talk to Frater Sabazius, the fucking guy who like fucking the outer head guy, the main fucking guy. You will once a week go on Skype with him and give him an idea of like the mental health of the lodge and like, how's everything going? 
So like even you just saying that right there, I was like, yo, what the fuck? That's like some OTO shit. Whoa. That's weird. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, it was weird. And I did not think that it was like, for one, appropriate to normal. Um, and I didn't know why he was like talking to me like that. Like it, it, it was kind of like in a weird way, like almost like it, it felt like an interrogation. It wasn't like this guy like actually cares about my mental health. He was like, he wanted to know how I was feeling and why and what this had to do with the last video that I put out. And then like the people that were listening to it and it, it felt like I was being measured and analyzed. Yeah. It wasn't not an organic conversation. It was not organic. And this, the yeah. call was specifically designed to talk about my mental health. Okay. So it was very strange. And I remember well, like what's telling strange is that your regular job that probably, you know, let's say you had a job that pays you $70,000. I don't care about you. You're not going to go through this much for you. No, because like, there's yeah, a height. There's something fucking wrong with you. There is a bigger <laughs> picture here. There right. is a bigger picture here. Okay. And it is the blockchain. It is the blockchain environment. Um, you know, they're tracking, detecting, measuring. It's all based on a reward system, which is the Ray token, which has to be the biggest scam in the world. The Ray token is not even identified on Coinbase. So when I left Rockfin, um, I told them, I sent the guy an email and I was like, look, I'm like, I want out. I want off this platform. I want you to delete my channel and you can keep my crypto. Like that's how fed up I was after I, after all this. And honestly, I was only on Rockfin for, I think I lasted like three or four months because it just was so weird. And I'm like, I don't need this, like time to go. So anyway, when I told him, I said, you can keep my money, keep my crypto. He, he like condescendingly laughed at me and he's like, oh, that's not how this works. Um, so anyway, I tried to get my Ray token converted. I lost like eight grand in the process. Like I lost all of it, have seen none, none of it. Um, I know Whitney Webb lost over $15,000. Like I know people on Rockfin that have lost like huge amounts of money trying to like translate this, this Ray token into like some sort of crypto wallet like oh you have to convert it like two or three times even it's it's very hard to do and they don't give you any other option yeah, yeah. you have to be paid There's, in ray token it is 100 percent ray coinbase does not accept it um so anyway after that i was just like oh fuck this this is this is ridiculous so i lost all my money that whole time i was you know on Rockfin, you know, I have nothing to show for. So I was just happy to be out. Like I was done. Well, what's even weirder is my exit interview, which they made me do. Um, I guess they didn't really make, I could have just said no, but what's weird is that when I told them I wanted out, <clears throat> my handler said, we really want to do an exit interview with you. And I'm like, I'm just like, God, I, I'm so tired of talking to you people just about my life. Like, just let me go. Yeah. So anyway, I agreed to it. Come on. Yeah. I was like, I just want out, like, just delete me. So they were like, well, we really want to talk to you. So I agreed to this exit interview as long as they agreed to delete me permanently. You know, that's another thing too. I would like to add all these other platforms, BitChute, Rumble, YouTube, you have no problem making an account or shutting it off on your own. 
it's again like yeah, you just do it. They actually keep your contents up but all that stuff it, you don't have to go through that no it's the, rockfin is different and so anyway i do this i agree to this exit interview and they call me it's like in it's like dinner time it's like five o'clock like i'm you know i got two kids i'm making dinner i'm on the phone with rockfin because life goes on and i'm on speakerphone I have no idea who's in the room, like on the Rockfin side. I have no idea who's in the room or who's listening. I just know that I'm on speakerphone. And, you know, the handler, he's like, so, you know, Amy, we're here with, you know, there's some people in the room and we just want to know like how you're feeling. And I'm just like, oh my God, I'm so sick <laughs> of talking about my feelings. Like, <laughs> I just want out. Yeah. So they're like, you know, how are you feeling? Like, what's going on? Like, have you changed your mind? Like, is there anything we can do to keep you? They were really trying to persuade me to stay and not leave. It was almost like I felt like a test subject that they didn't have everything they needed yet. I would have said me talking to you about this again is making the situation worse. <laughs> Basically, yeah. And, you know, I, I was just trying to be polite. I was trying to just get it done and then get out. Like, I... I was probably way too nice, if yeah. I could be honest. And yeah. so this interview, it was just, it was very strange. It was again, you know, more data collection, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, again, they asked me about my marriage. They're like, well, is your marriage, does this have to do with your marriage? Like, how's your husband taking this? How does your husband like what you're doing? I mean, it was like, like, this is none of your business. They're like psychoanalyzing you. Like, they're like, this That's is an interesting, interesting case for them is someone who wants to leave. They probably never had anyone who really wants to leave that badly before. Yeah. So they're like, we're going to study the shit out of her before she leaves. That's what it was. And I gave so them nothing. I didn't tell them about my marriage. I didn't tell them about how I was feeling. I just kept saying, I just want to go. Like, I'm done. Yeah, I didn't give them anything because I knew that's what they wanted. They wanted data on me. And I'm like, look, you can have my content data. You can have my followers. I'm off limits. I'm out. Like, no more. And what's even more strange is that when I told other Rockfin people about that, there was, like, no reaction. There was, like, there was no – it was like they were so blindsided by, well, I'm making five grand a month or I'm making ten grand a month. Like, I don't care. I don't want to hear about your, I just thought that was strange and I found it to be very odd and yeah. it was a very odd experience. And I mean, I listen, mean I, before I even went on tinfoil hat and I've said this before, I've questioned certain things that I've heard said in certain shit on his clothing, you know, but, uh, I forgot all about that when I thought that fame, you know, or being justified of who I am and that my show matters and counts. Yeah, I let that shit slide because I was mesmerized by other things that really don't fucking count. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I've done that myself. So I'm sure that a lot of other shows do that. And I fell into the spell myself. And that's, again, like Teresa, like what you were saying, like you kind of have numerous awakenings throughout your mm -hmm. life and waking up. It's a weird journey. Like um, my husband was a Marine. Right. And oh, my wow. six year old asked him this morning and it was crazy because he said, you know, daddy, what what is a Marine? And my husband said, the Marines are the first ones in and we're the last to leave. 
And it reminded me of people like us, you know, cause it's like when COVID happened, you know, we were like the first ones to be like, whoa, hold on. Yeah. Like for the first ones in and we're still standing, we're still here. We're still trying to help people wake up. And I feel like I respect people so much that have the balls and the courage to actually speak out. Cause it's, it's not easy. It's, it's can be awkward. It can be weird. Sometimes it can be like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Why am I doing this? Like, what, what am I getting out of this other than bullshit and negativity and hateful comments and tweets? And it's just like, and then you keep doing it, but you keep going. And I think what happened with me was I reached up, like I hit it like a wall in 2021 with the death threats and everything. And I was just like, what am I doing? But taking a step back and realize I was surrounding myself with the wrong people I, I was, I got really paranoid and I thought, wow, like all these people that I thought I could trust at the time, I realized I couldn't trust anymore. I heard a lot of things were said. Um, and a lot of it had to do with Rockfin and what I was saying about Rockfin. And now to me, that was another red flag. I'm like, well, well why can't I say that? Like, now mm. I can't talk about the Holocaust. Now I can't talk about Rockfin. Like, <laughs> fuck all of you. Like, I'm out. And so then I decided I was like, you know, took some time. My husband and I, we bought an RV and we took our kids on the road and it was amazing and it was awesome. And I just, for a long time, I just did not do videos and I, I, I wasn't writing and, and then time passed and, and that like longing to speak and that longing to like get the truth out, it like doesn't leave you. Like if you have it, you just, it, you can't escape it. It's just part of you. So then I finally just told my husband, I'm like, look, I'm like, I have to start doing this again. And then I started writing my COVID book and that inspired me to start putting videos out again. And, you know, I, I just think that it's like, if it's in you, it's in you and you just have to do it. And you can't, you can't suppress it because it's going to rear its ugly head. <laughs> it's going to eat you alive. I know it's going to eat you alive and you just have to do it. And so Absolutely. that's why I decided to come back and I dropped the name. Amy says, what the fuck? Because back then I was hiding. I was a LARP. You know, now it's like, I'm Amy Hunter. There's nowhere to fucking run anymore. There's nowhere to hide anymore. You're either like on the good side of shit or you're, you're retarded. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, like what that. is this? It's like, you know, I'm tired of hiding. I'm tired of, like you said, feeling like I have to be validated. Like, oh. I'm just, I'm doing my thing and I'm happy and I'm not making any money. And I, I never wanted this to be about money. Please, and Rockfin ruined it for me. At, <laughs> like, at one point I had literally questioned, you know, this is going back probably a little bit of a year ago. I had almost stopped doing what I was doing. And it was because like, I had realized like, and I hate to say this, it sounds unfortunate and I'm not saying it's everybody, but I mean, turning on the TV, you're going to get as much propaganda on the TV as you are going to get on podcasts. It is no different really, in my honest opinion. And you will have just as many magicians on the TV as you will behind the microphone. And when I realized that that fucked me up, because I thought, here I am joining a community of people that are actually trying to do the right thing or actually speaking out, aren't going to censor you. And then you start realizing a lot of people are dick writing and they're like almost cultish about it. Yeah. And then they start censoring you. And I'm like, I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I'm not supposed to look at this person because they have a podcast and they're not a fucking politician. 
And that fucked me up for a while. And I was like, I don't even know if I want to be bothered. And then I, I just, I loved what I was doing. And I was like, it's going to drive me nuts if I stop. And I was like, I will just kind of leave the click that I was in and kind of start doing more of my own thing. And just reevaluated my show and changed a little bit. But I, I did almost want to stop just from that fact of being like, you know, this is not the community or the place that I thought I was joining. No. Yeah, well, it, it's fucked, just as fucked up as real life. It makes sense, you know, because I'm I'm thinking that you know once um, more corporatized media or like gatekeeper media saw the popularity of podcasts, it may have started as a more like grassroots, genuine thing several years ago. But once they see the popularity that it gains and the traction, of course they're going to send in you know disseminated information, propaganda. Why wouldn't they? It well, exactly, and the. The thing is, like, uh, I'm sure you guys are familiar with James Giordano. Mm, he is, yeah. um, okay, so James Giordano uh, works for Georgetown Jesuit College. He's also has, like, he's secured, like, six uh, projects for the government under uh, Nero Ethics, which is basically an oxymoron because there's nothing ethical about <laughs> experimenting on the brain. But anyway, yeah. this guy has written like 10 books about neuroethics. Um, and he has all these YouTube videos, which I've watched a ton of them because, well, for my COVID book, I did a, I did a chapter on psychological operations where I talk about, you know, the battle of the mind. And that's exactly what he calls it. He says, there's never going to be another boots on the ground war. The war is for the mind. And what we're doing in some ways, you know, we're putting out information. There comes a great responsibility with that. There comes a great, I mean, to think that we're just doing podcasts and talking to people, it's like, you know, that's on a superficial level, that is what we're doing. But I used to talk to Shane from the black pill about this a lot, that there is like a huge responsibility you have as a person that's putting out content. And I think there's, if you are one of these people that's out there just putting out bullshit and like you don't care about the ethical nature of it, like that's some bad juju coming back at you in some way, shape or form. Like uh, if you're putting it out there, like if, um, if you're truthful and honest and coming from a good place, I think people can see that. And I think a lot of people also have woken up to these fake fraudsters within the truth community. And I think that's amazing. And there's a lot of them without name dropping. There's a yes. lot of them. It um, seems people are wising up a lot, Yeah, which is nice to see. I mean, yeah. it's, it's bad enough. At one point I started noticing there's like shows that legit are using sigils as their logo. You know, yeah. sigils, you know, I mean, most of them were QAnon. So, I mean, I really didn't give a fuck. I didn't associate with them anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, there are people like, you know, people just as their logos, some people don't even realize what the fuck some people are using and showing. And I was like, yo, I was like, people are this ignorant to this stuff. I know. I was like, you're basically saying you're a fucking magician. And I don't know. It was just like weird to me. Yeah. I was like, holy crap. Like, people are blatant. Nobody even realizes and then when you say something, you look like a fucking moron or you're, 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 you're hateful. Yeah. Yeah. What what? Yeah. I had, so I left, it was like around the same time, like when I left Rockfin and then shortly after that I did the, 
my last podcast, which was on the black pill with Trump. Right. So then after that was when I really started getting attacked, um, not only just by listeners, but by other people in the community. And they're like, like the Trumpsters and like that side of things. And I was just like, whatever, like, I'm doing my own thing. This is my research. This is what I've discovered. Like, you don't have to hate me for it. Like, do your own research. Like, I'm just out here trying to inform you, like, what I have discovered. And that's kind of how I've always approached this. You know, like, um, I never got into this to be hated. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> gets into this to, like, you know, who wants that? Like, everybody wants to be accepted and there's something so strong and special about the human connection. And, you know, I was laying in bed the other day and I was thinking, and I had this thought come into my head and it was, what if I was the only person on earth? Like, what if like you just poof, you're just the only person. What, what is that like? And I actually pondered on that for like 10 minutes and it was, it was sad. And it was like, wow, like people, like people like us, I think too, like anybody, any human is longing for that connection to, to be surrounded by people, to talk to people, to share ideas and to share like just something. So, which is why I think the COVID side was so successful with the isolation and the six, yes. the six feet distancing. And they know how important it is for us to be connected and to connect. I was just going to say, like, yeah. I think we experienced a taste of what you're talking about during yeah. isolation and lockdowns. And, you know, that's why, life really sucked it was yeah. you realized how much you crave connection like you know yeah. for me on a small scale like i used to teach zumba like five days a week i couldn't do that and it's not just about an exercise class it's about like connecting with people music moving together like it's we are much more powerful in our energy and our frequency that we project it's very exactly. powerful and they know that right yeah exactly mm -hmm. and i think as somebody who as a content creator, that's, that's what fulfills me is connecting with people. And I think that's so important. It's just so important to have that connection and, and then disconnect from the wrong people, yeah. you know? So that was a huge learning. I, I think the COVID, th like everything that's happened to me, like within the last two years has just really like changed me like in more ways than I can even explain. Um, I'm so different than who I was starting out in 2020 as a content creator. I'm way more cautious. I'm way less trustworthy, <laughs> um, way less naive. And so I think it all happened for a reason. It's just the journey of life is truly amazing <laughs> to That's say funny. the least. What, uh, what even like, caused you to wake up in 2020 initially? So I was 18 when 9-11 happened. Um, I was a freshman in college at University of Iowa and 9-11 happened in September. So it was like right when school started. I just, you know, left home and on my own and 9-11 happened. And I was originally going to school to write and I was in this rhetoric class and I wrote an essay on evil, which was inspired by 9-11. And I, it, that's what I just started thinking, like, why is why did that happen? Why does evil exist and who's behind the evil? 
Now that alone is what put me on this trajectory. And my rhetoric teacher at the time, who was a Canadian, um, she read my essay and asked if she could use like a little excerpt of my essay in her, in her book. And I just had this, um, like, like knowing that someday I would write books on evil. I didn't know how or why it would happen. I just knew I was like, this is like, I felt like a calling. It felt like a destiny. Like, and now I've written two books on evil, which is crazy. That's awesome. And you know, here it is like, I'm, I'm going to be 40. And this was like eight, like 20 years ago. And it just happened. So it took 20 years for me to come to this, like, kind of like feeling of, wow, this is something I really could do. I don't know how I'm going to get there. Fast forward 20 years and I actually ended up doing it. So it's kind of crazy, but I, the, the rabbit hole that got me into the truth community was um, I, I saw this YouTube compilation like around 2010 and it was celebrities talking about how they sold their soul to the devil. And I wanted to know why are they saying that? What does that really mean? And that's, that's what got me into all of this. So then it led me to demonology and it led me into um, like the OTO and, you know, things like that, like the occult, yeah. um, Manly P. Hall, Freemasonry. It just, you know, it's just, it all just kind of snowballs. And then before you know it, you're like, holy shit, there's a lot that we don't know. Yeah. That's wild. So, yeah. And then that's when I wrote, I discovered the black nobility. Um, and that's also when I started reading the Bible and uh, rediscovering my faith in God. Um, and then that was like a whole other journey and a side journey to what I was doing with my writing and researching. And then I wrote Synergy. And then that's when I started doing podcasts and then I went away and now I'm back. You did. You pulled the <laughs> Dave Chappelle. You went yeah. away. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's hilarious. It's so true though. Exactly like lost my cloned. mind. I, yeah. I did not get cloned. I will go on record. <laughs> I did not get cloned. Oh man. I love that though. I, and I find that too, like with every guest that we've had on the show and that's what it really is about and why I wanted to start it. It's because there's things in our life throughout our lives that speak to like our future, you know, and I've done yeah. like, I've talked about it before. I've done like a past life reading, past life regression. You could believe in past lives or not. I don't know. Yeah. Ironically enough, I picked up a book that I've had for years about past lives last night. I don't know why I did, but I think there's things that we've done in our past that then reflect. So like you said, like, you know, you wrote that essay, inspired by 9-11 and then you're thinking like there's just like this moment that you had of knowing that i'm gonna write about this again in the future and you did which is incredible i think it's crazy yeah and i yeah. It, it yeah it is it's just kind of like wow it it just got goosebumps thinking about that because it's been you probably so forgot long. about that too yeah and yeah. i recently found the essay um in my basement and i reread it and i was like man, I was 18 and I had all these really deep thoughts about the world. And, um, you know, my friends at the time were so matrixed out and very materialistic. I mean, I was never really like that. I was always just kind of like anxious and worried about the world and why there was so much evil in the world. And I, I thought about that all the time. 
I mean, even I remember like I have journals from when I was eight years old writing about Bill Clinton. And to me, it's like my parents thought that was really weird. Like, to be honest, they were like, you're eight. Like, you should be like not worried about what Bill Clinton is doing. But it's just I don't know why I've just always been attracted to like current events and what's going on. And I remember like the Monica Lewinsky thing, like that whole like it just affected me for some reason. I'm, and like looking back, like my kid, my kids are ages five and six. And it would be weird if like my son Jack was like talking about Biden. I don't, I don't know. Just in two years, like it's like you're a kid. Go be a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Why are you thinking you know, about this? Why do you care? Yeah. yeah. And my parents were not political at all. I don't know how it found me. It just it's like an innate thing, I guess, with me. And I can't explain it. It was. I, and I think, too, that's why, like, I um, really feel like I resonate with you a lot because I'm just, I think, a year younger than you. So yeah. I was in, like, end of high school when 9-11 happened. Yeah. I ended up going to the university for, like, media studies and totally, like, learning that everything is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm lucky that I went at the time that I did because I had professors who questioned 9-11 and they encouraged us to, like, go down those rabbit holes and I would probably have become a journalist. But I was like, I don't want to contribute to corporate journalism and yeah. the machine that it is. And so I didn't, but yeah, it always finds you. And here we are later talking yeah. you know, I know. on a Monday morning about all this shit. Yeah, it's exactly. Funny. It's amazing. It's funny how much 9-11 actually, we get a lot of people who say that too, even for myself, 9-11 was like a big thing. For it me. was. I think that, you know, our age group, because we were old enough to be aware, you know, um, yeah. and really have thoughts about it. it was people maybe a little bit younger didn't really understand the impact. And when my kids ask me about it now, it's almost like I don't even know what to say because it was like so monumental in how it shifted the whole world. Yeah, it was like COVID. Yeah. It was a COVID. It was, um, I feel like every generation has like a PSYOP. You know, the boomers had their PSYOPs and we had our PSYOPs too. And 9-11 was definitely, because I remember like right after 9-11, you turn on the TV and it was like code red, code red. Mm -hmm. And like all, it was like constant fear. Exactly. I'm just like, what is this? I'm like, this was before I understood like psychological warfare. But like, I knew I was like, this is like crazy. Like, why are they like doing this 24 seven? And it's just causing anxiety. It's caught like, and then when you think about like how much I just watched this documentary on uh, like Xanax or something, it's on Netflix. Oh, like, was, watched, I watched part of that last night. Yeah, and they were talking about how, like, after these events, like, people just get on these, like, antidepressants and, Zan like, this oh, anti-anxiety. Yeah. Like, it just heightens everybody's fear and anxiety and paranoia. Didn't they mm -hmm. actually mention that 9-11 Xanax, like, kicked off after that? Yeah. They even yeah. said that had to have been, like, one of the most, like, mental things that was ever pushed on people. Like, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> Another win for Big Pharma. Nice. Exactly. Well played. Well like, people up. Yeah, 9-11. It was like 9-11, bam, Xanax volume, you know? And then it was like with COVID, a new kind of drug, you know, the mRNA, which was actually designed by DARPA. Mm -hmm. DARPA created the mRNA vaccine. So it's like, it's all, it's all connected. It's It's all fucked. 
Exactly. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell people the differences between your two books? Yeah. So, um, so my first book, Synergy, uh, which I wrote in 2020, is about, it's called Synergy, The Complete Guide to the Elite Groups That Rule the World in the 21st Century. Super long and ridiculous title, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically a breakdown of <clears throat> the Black nobility families, um, Bilderberg Group, the Club of Rome, World Economic Forum, Trilateral Commission, all the secret groups that I believe, um, which are pushing the the fourth industrial revolution, and they've been doing this since the fifth or the forties, really the nineteen forties. So it's like a compilation of everything that's happened from the forties up until the COVID nineteen pandemic. And you can, it's like a breakdown of every group who started them, um, the power players behind them, who funded them, and then all the secret societies that are, you know associated with those specific groups. There's 16 chapters. Um, and then my new book is called 2020. Yes, that really happened. Um, I documented the COVID pandemic from March 13th, 2020, when Trump declared medical martial law on us. So the book basically wrote itself. It's, um, it's a breakdown and real time documentation of the entire pandemic, everybody involved, um, the new rules, the great toilet paper scare, everything. Like it's every ridiculous news headline um, from wear a mask, wear a mask outside, wear two masks, wear three masks with a face shield. I mean, it's like, every, like wear the noodle hats, you know, it's like everything that happened is in the book. Um, there's a timeline of American history that led up to the pandemic. It talks about the Hunter Biden laptop scandal, the the 2020 presidential election, the insurrection. Like it's that whole time encapsulated into one book for anybody that wants the truth of what happened. It's literally real time written. So um, I felt like, I don't know if anybody else is doing this right now, but that was like, a calling again, I'm like, somebody needs to document this crazy shit and put it in a book because nobody would believe me. Yeah. Like my kids, it's like, and then you forget, like my husband was reading an excerpt. He's like laughing his ass off. Like, I can't believe they did that. Like totally forgot they did that. So it's just kind of like a, like on the back, I write, you know, laugh or cry or do both because it's <laughs> crazy. It is. And it's true. We forget. We forget like some of the ridiculous things that we witnessed in yeah. real time and looking back, it's like, oh shit, that really did happen. Like yeah. I remember this, there was a clip that resurfaced recently of like, I forget what politician is or governor or something. And he's like eating fries. De Blasio. I mean, yeah. Yes. It's insane. It looks like an SNL skit. Totally. It it's like, oh my God, this actually happened. And I know when, probably know. when we saw it the first time we were like, okay, it's ridiculous. But now it just looks like, just I don't know. It's, it's unbelievable. So crazy. And no, then the him and Cuomo every fucking oh day were on Cuomo. TV for hours to where it was like they almost had like their own fucking morning talk shows. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Every day I got to see your face on TV. I know. <laughs> and the free donuts and the oh, free yeah. beer. Krispy Kreme, yeah. Krispy Kreme. I mean, it's just. I think they're giving away tickets to basketball games and shit. They were giving was, away like vacations. It was almost like, obvious, like certain things that they were giving away. You can tell who they were targeting with it as well. Oh, like, totally. Yeah. Right. yeah. 
Right. Yeah. Right. That's how, so my grandma is like in her late eighties and even she has not fallen for the COVID like psyop at all. And I said, Grant, like she doesn't, you know, she watches the mainstream news 24 seven in her house. It's always on. I said, yeah. grandma, how do you know that they're lying to you? And she's like, well, because she's like, they're trying to, they're trying so hard to convince us of this thing. She's like, it's so obvious that like, they're not telling the truth. Yeah. And I'm like, exactly. <laughs> like, even she gets it. Exactly. And that's, <laughs> I said that from the beginning. I'm like, as soon as Trump announced Operation Warp Speed and I heard about this vaccine rollout, I was like, okay, why do they want every single person on planet Earth to be vaccinated so badly? Like, why? This is a, this is a problem. This is, and it makes me wonder if, you know, like half the people got a placebo because when you think about all the people that died, it would have been just way too obvious if everyone died. Cause everybody, that, so. everybody that got the MRNA vaccine should have collapsed and died just like the people that did. And I feel like something is not right with that. It's I think it there's, been too crazy. Yeah. I think there's different versions of whatever is in it. Like there's probably one with like the spike protein stuff. There's probably one that has nothing at all saline one yeah. that has no mRNA and is pure nanotech. Like there's these different versions, I think, of what's happening to confuse people and then everyone right. looks stupid and no one is right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, you couldn't have said it better. Like, and that's really what it feels like. Yeah. Cause like why, all the data. Yeah. why are some people like sending out a Bluetooth signal, but others aren't. And then some are magnetic and some aren't. And some have these rubbery clots and some don't. And some yeah. are just their immune system. They're sick all the time, but nothing else is wrong. Like, I don't know. You it know. was a huge experiment. That's really what it was. And exactly. uh, to roll out this technology. And, you know, Bill Gates said, so Melinda Gates said in 2020 that the pandemic would end at the end of 2021. She was right. That's what happened. Biden declared the pandemic over in whenever 60 minute interview, whenever that was. But yeah. so Bill Gates said, I think it was in February of 2022 this year. And he said, he announced, he's like, there will be another lockdown situation. There, yeah. there will be another pandemic type situation. Now I believe he's talking about climate lockdowns. Like I think the next one is when they're gonna kick in the FEMA 10 federal regions. They're gonna say, okay, we're locking everybody down due to climate. You cannot leave outside your FEMA region. Mm -hmm. um, I'm region five. I think you guys have to be region one or two, but yeah. That, so FEMA has well, how you know what region you are already. You're like, I'm oh high. yeah, I, I, I figured this games. out like two years ago. I'm like, oh, these assholes have this all planned out. Oh yeah, they have but, the map and everything. Of actually, you can find that. Yeah, the map. Yeah, of it's, the United States is split up with FEMA. I wonder how Canada yeah. does would do it. Probably the same. I oh, guess. that's right. You're in Canada. Yeah, yeah. I, that's. Man, Canada with we're their just, It's okay. Thing. Yeah, we're just all be euthanized. You're just, you guys me. are just suiciding yourselves. This like, gulag. I always joke, <laughs> joke, half joking, half serious with people. I'm always just like, see you in the gulag. Dude, yeah. I'm ready. Fucking bring it. I know. <laughs> Even in that show, Handmaid, is the only country that's kind of normal anymore. In Everybody's actually running to Canada and trying to flee to Canada because it's well, the, the author of the story is Canadian. Maybe that's why. Uh, oh, <laughs> there you of go. the books. The author of the oh, book. there you go. That's so funny. Yeah, I don't know. Well, they just had the um, Bill Gates and 
the who and whatever. They just had that a new tabletop exercise in end of October, October 23rd. So that'll be the next pandemic, most likely, if history repeats, which yeah. they're not creative. They always do the same shit. Yeah. So yeah. probably, I'm going to assume March, April, just, just like clockwork. <laughs> oh, I know. Yeah, it's coming. I think for anyone to believe that we are totally out of this, it's we're not. Um, there's, you know, Agenda 2030 lurking in the background always and has been for a long time. And um, what's interesting that I discovered about Agenda 2030 is this, they have the 17 goals and the last goal, which you wouldn't know this from just reading it because they're very short sentences, these goals. So they, um, but what's behind the goal is uh, they want everybody on planet earth to have a birth certificate. Now birth certificates were introduced in the United States very early on. Um, they work now they, now they want the entire world to have a birth certificate um, through some sort of like biometric. It's like the transhumanism thing. You know, they want everybody on the blockchain digitized with the digital twin, a digital identification system with a one world currency and a one world court and a one world leader. And I believe that leader is going to be an AI computer. I believe that's what they want. You know, a lot of people, a lot of whistleblowers uh, wrote about this in the eighties and the nineties saying the antichrist is not going to be a human. Mm. It's not going to be the Pope. It's not going to be Prince William. It's, it's going to be a computer. And there has been, I think, 136 countries to date that have signed this treaty. I can't remember what it's called, but they signed a treaty that said that they would fall under control of the Vatican supercomputer. And that has been published. That is public record. Whoa. Okay. So I believe that this so-called B system like war game shit right here. is literally the ant the real antichrist well that makes a lot of sense to me honestly because yeah. you know uh actually well we got the idea from you to do the a show on the ai replica yeah. app you've played around with it we've played around with it yeah and um that whole idea of like where ai pulls from like when you talk to that app it's not pulling from the same web of internet as siri and alexa it's pulling right. from like a whole other place yeah. So I don't know the ties to AI and, and the demonic realm or an another realm. I don't know if you could say it's purely demonic, but the yeah. spiritual realm for sure. It makes it easy for, for that a spirit or an entity to come through and communicate to us. So that kind of makes a lot of sense, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, oh, I can't remember what it was, but there was some, I think it was the replica app. They were saying that it could be Metatron and that it's tied to like the metaverse. I like, I don't know. It's yeah. I think the yeah, Metatron is a name that comes up when you use it. And also Azazel. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, Raven who we've talked with a lot, he gave this whole thing about uh, Aramon and the Dajjal in like mm. uh, in Islam and that the Dajjal will have one eye, but see everywhere. And I'm like, well, that sounds like you know, AI to me. Like the, um, it's that's crazy. Like, Metatron's like the top archangel, too, like in the Kabbalah Tree of Life. Like yeah. uh, up there on the top sphere, Kether, he's like practically before you reach God, you have Metatron. So that, yeah. That, I found that weird. <laughs> Nicki Minaj have a song called Metatron? 
Megatron. No, Megatron. Oh, sorry. Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait. But that, makes oh, that, that makes sense that it would be like one of the archangels on top of the tree of life, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's crazy. crazy. I, you know, when you think about like all the people out there, well, you know, the spiritual, like you've got like the truth community and then you've got like the subset of the truth community, which is like what I called spiritual Twitter, like the spiritual community where they're the people that claim that they, they channel and they're prophets and they talk to God knows who. Um, I, I wonder about those people a lot because when you really research psychological operations and direct energy weapons that the government has access to and things that they have created, how they can like remote, remotely send um, signals to your brain and talk to you. Um, I find it very interesting that a lot of the people that claim to be prophets and channelers, they all share very similar information. And I'm, I wonder if like, that's a psyop when it's within itself, like <laughs> is somebody talking to these people? And then these people truly believe that they're getting these messages and hearing these, these voices and they're believing what they're putting out. I mean, I don't know. I, I can't. Channeling some spirit that's telling you what's going to happen is a great way to start a cult. That's like literally how they all start is, oh, so-and-so told me. That every religion on earth. Like oh, yeah, that too. The, oh, the fucking Crowley. He didn't write the book of the law without channeling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and where, where are these come? Where is this coming from? Like where that's where I'm from? trying but to figure have, out. You can't justify it either. There's no proof. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So for face value. Yeah. So a weird fact about me, this is one thing I wanted to share about my past was that um, my mom took me to a psychic when I was young. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why you would do that, but she did. And like how old were you? I was probably eight or nine. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. And right. I think it was like another form of like therapy, but she just wanted to like put me in, like, I don't know. It's a long story, which is another, you know, we could do another podcast it's on my upbringing. Um, but anyway, so my mom took me to this psychic and this psychic told her that I was an indigo child. Okay. Now I have resented that my entire life because of basically what I just told you guys. Like I am not into this, these messages from God, like the spiritual side of things. Like I find it to be very strange. And so the fact that like my mom told me my whole life, like you're an indigo child, like you have these special gifts. I, it really is bizarre. And it kind of ties into this like star child thing. Star and, seeds. Or the star seeds. Yeah. yeah. And then to come to find out, I did research on the star seed phenomenon. And yes. a lot of it comes from um, parents who suffer from narcissism and mental illness because they can't handle like the bad behavior or neglect that they've caused for their child. So mm. they go on to tell their child that they are special. It's insane. Like if you have time, go look that up. It's, it's like crazy. I'm actually doing um, my next research video is on the star seed thing and like where it comes from. And then all the, the doctors that counter it and say, no, this is like a narcissistic parent trait that oh my god i love this yeah so i'm 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 actually writing it right now i can't wait to publish it but um my next video is all about the starseed phenomenon and how it ties into narcissism and 
mental illness, really. That's and, fascinating. And my mom is a narcissist, so it makes sense uh, yeah. for me. So yeah, it's crazy, but there's a lot, a lot going on with that too. And I, I've just really resented the whole starseed situation because, like you said, you can't prove it. You, it, there's no tangible proof. I'm like a research based factual person i everything is based on fact or something you can prove tangible or from at least from a book i mean give me something like the the whole like you can't prove it it drives me insane i'm like i just can't get on that bandwagon at all yeah that's interesting the whole starseed thing i'm excited to listen oh. to whatever you put out about it i think yeah. i mentioned it once on another episode i don't remember which one but i said something like I got caught up in that a little bit. I was like curious about it. And I'm like, maybe I'm a star seed. And I've heard of yeah. like the indigo children, rainbow children, crystal children, the like three waves. Yeah. The three waves to, of volunteers. Yeah. From Dolores Cannon, I think yeah. is the one. Anyways, it's interesting because you do kind of see that as like a pattern. Yeah. But um, to say where it comes from or why, I find that there's like always like these two opposing narratives of what's happening. There's like the new agey narrative. And then there's like, well, I personally listen to like a lot of like crazy Catholic like channeled things. So it's yeah. like you could question that too. But I do find that those messages are very different than like all the rest. Yeah. So I'm like, hmm, that is very curious. It's very curious and very mm. interesting and a rabbit hole in itself. So yes. What I, I noticed even, um, I mean, I had come across stuff like that prior to getting into the OTO of fucking with magic. Um, I mean, I would even say a little bit, even with like David Wilcox is a little bit like starting to get oh, out. For sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I already knew that that guy, I mean, <laughs> just knowing the stuff he was involved with the Ra's law of one. I mean, you know, yeah. idea. he's fucking out there. But, yeah. Um, I had noticed that a little bit prior to getting into magic. And then when I got into magic, um, just from, the lodge that I went to and also just from being on the internet or being in groups or just, you know, talking to other witches and people that are into that type of stuff. I had noticed just my opinion. You do get a, it's kind of like a hot bed of mental health when it comes to that, because in magic, I think when you start getting into magic or witchcraft, you can be very delusional and you can actually truly believe that you're actually doing something and you're not, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, kind of, unfortunately, if you're a very delusional person and off already, that is something you can really gravitate towards to just keep going with creating this fake fucking world that you're in. And you can start to become very disconnected from actual reality. Yeah. And when I started noticing people like that in the magical community, and then started seeing it in the podcasting community. I just noticed that very quickly. I'm like, either you're being controlled or you're just so fucking far gone by your own lies and delusions. You're buying this shit. Oh, but like, yeah. I don't think it's positive. <laughs> That's what I think I said. Exactly. Something like what you're saying and why it's like it preys upon like psychological weakness, like not to put anybody down, you know, that's into that stuff. Oh, but yeah. uh, I can say for, for me, you know, it probably it's like it's like you're hearing something that's very affirming about yourself. So you're like, oh, I'm special. I'm this. I'm that. Right. You know, and it's like it makes you kind of it plays on your ego a little bit. Yeah. Right. So I'm actually surprised as a kid that you kind of rejected it right outright. You're I like, ah. <laughs> it was it was 
weird. And my mom, I have a very complicated relationship with my mother. So same, same. <laughs> it was, yeah. And so I think that played a lot into like me not trusting her. So even when she mm. would tell me things as a kid, I'm like, I'm not buying this. Mm. <laughs> like I'm not, I don't know about that. And so it was kind of like the indigo thing really became a resentment. And then she would tell people, which embarrassed me. So she would like tell her friends, like, Amy's an indigo. And it's just like, you know, what did these people think of her? Oh, they probably thought she was nuts. And oh, yeah. I'm just a little girl. Like, I'm just an, I'm not, I don't have special powers. I'm not doing anything. Like, I'm acting out at school. I'm rebellious. She just couldn't handle me as a hyperactive curious. I hated authority. I still do. I was just, I was just hard to control and I still am. I think that's an innate quality that you needed for your line of work. Yeah. And I think <laughs> being called an indigo and being made special is so bad for kids. Like you shouldn't, shouldn't do that. It's I'm like, shocked. I'm shocked that she did that. I'm shocked. That's what I had noticed myself yeah. too. And I was like, you know what, when I started noticing those types of whatever i'm not knocking the people or shows or youtube channels whoever that you know are into that stuff and they believe it. it besides that i was just like yo i'm like you really don't sound any different than the people on the left that we see on tv buying into crazy bullshit. i'm like yeah i don't know i just i i caught on to like a lot of the same characteristics and believing in just crazy shit and making yourself special over it yeah. I, you know, it was glaring in the beginning of 2020 with every social justice warrior. You know what I'm saying? It's just, I see a common link mentally with that shit and it's just something's off. I think. Yeah, there's it's, patterns. There's, there's patterns. In there. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of, um, I've seen a lot of victim mentality related. Um, and again, I don't want to, like you said, Teresa, it's not putting anybody down. I think it's just, there, there's a line where you got to kind of come back to reality and like, like, are you really experiencing this or like, like, what is it? There has to be like a deeper, something deeper going on. I, well, like yes. And I do think too, um, we're saying, you know, about the, the idea of the antichrist or whatever coming through as like an AI. Now I do think there are certain diets being promoted medical therapies, you know, sharp things being promoted. Yeah. Uh, that makes the human mind more susceptible to suggestion from entities. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean that's another thing I, I, I love. I love like bringing up if I have a chance, if uh, I have had and I am cool with a, a few hardcore vegans, even though they yeah. have a conspiracy show. But like, I love bringing up the fact like um, the OTO or any magical community and plenty of serious rituals that you would do all suggest to be vegan. There's something up with that. Yeah. So, you know, you're going on tooting about being a fucking vegan, but I mean, there's also shit to do with that when it comes down to magic and occultism. It well, makes so much sense. And the whole idea of uh, not eating it. meat is to make your body and your energetic field lighter to ascend. Again, this ties mm -hmm. back into Q with the whole 5D ascension. Or possibly being controlled. Well, yeah. ascend to what, though? Yeah. Well, okay, so I just watched the first episode. There's a Nexium documentary. Wow. It's like 
the vow. I, I just, love it. I just watched the first episode last oh, so night, good. Yeah, and I was so good. like, the this dude was starving these women. He was branding that like, okay, first of all, like you just said, starving them and depriving them of sleep. Those mm -hmm. two things, mind control 101. When you're yeah. not eating like protein and you're living on beans or whatever you're eating, like you need that protein, you need that energy, like you just become a zombie. And that's what they described these women as they were yes. walking zombies and they were being mind controlled to the point that they would have sex with him on demand. I mean, imagine living like that. Like you're just living for this cult leader. It's fucked. You know, it is, it's crazy. And this even goes back to what I'm gonna bring up now. This even goes back to why I had asked before if you thought Dar DARPA and NASA had any connection. Because oh, me, yeah. me and Lux covered the finders, finders cult. And like oh, even yeah. with those, those kids that were found in that van they were only fed like raw fruits and vegetables and like as a reward. So already they were kind of a vegan and we did actually end up finding connections between them and huge connections between NASA. Wow. The people involved with the fucking finders cult all had mad family members that either were there at the beginning of NASA or high, you know, somebody high, wow. high up there. So now like I'm starting to look at like, could even cults itself be associated with NASA, which is why I asked is DARPA. You think if there's any connections with DARPA because you get a lot of cult like-minded people following podcasts that might be associated with that. Yeah, absolutely. So, totally. Is like, is this all connected somehow through magic, which is what I think NASA is really about. And well, I think DARPA is about, that's why I was wondering, is there a connection? There part? is for sure. That's interesting. And remember NY when we had that show with Roberta Glass and I was like, yo, I think there's a connection between Nexium and the Waldorf school, like the school for children. And then if you look yeah. up the origins of Waldorf school started by Rudolf Steiner. Oh my God. So that's like my next, like when I have time. Oh, wow. <laughs> gonna, yeah, it's been like a rabbit for a while. Yeah, wow. It's been an idea in the back of my mind. I really want to research it because I think that there is like deep seated connections there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. Steiner. Steiner, Steiner. He fooled a lot of people. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But again, wow. it goes back to like, you know, ties into diet and promotion of certain behaviors and it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I, people probably don't even realize a lot of people like even Himmler himself, I forgot him and a few other people, they were like practically like hippies. And I think they were into like, one was like a botanist or something before they became part of the Nazi party. So, I mean, in a way you had hippies already coming in, in charge, you know, in, yeah. Both, you know, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I know. That's wild. Very weird. Um, so, Amy, because you're such a good researcher, for those of us <laughs> listening, do you yeah. have any, like, research tips for people? Like, oh my what's, like, your best um, research tips? I'm wondering that. <laughs> yeah. So, I, oh my gosh. So, when I research, um, I have, what's well, books. I read a lot of books. Um, I usually, like, when I find a book that I'm interested in, I say, I will Google like 10 books like this book. And then I will find all 10 of those books and I try to consume as much reading as I can. So um, that's one way I do it. I just find as books that are associated with other books that lead me to more and more and more information. Mm. Um, 
when it comes to like who controls the world, I find a country, I figure out who's the leader of that country. And then I figure out who he's related to. And then it sends me to Hollywood and it all, it just all connects. <laughs> These people are all related. It is a small, small world. Oh, well, look at Ukraine right now. They got a fucking reality TV star as a fucking president that we're sending billions to. Canada too. He's a drama teacher. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I just, I, I read a lot. Um, I, I mean, even look to... at us the last few years. We technically had a TV star who had a reality TV show as our president. We yeah. were actually no fucking different. Oh, it, that's, that is so mind-blowing to me that he was the president of the united states i'm like so as a, okay as an outsider to your country that's like peak americana it's peak you it guys is. Are, america is like the master of entertainment of distraction yep. of like excess and then to have like trump as your president i'm like he's the most american president of all time a hundred percent and the funniest like i will yes. say he is he is the best troll. He's the funniest. I still he's think he's hilarious. He he knows exactly what he's doing. Totally. They just for the entertainment. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. He's so funny. I think yeah. that they'll probably reinstall him as president just to bring him back for the media factor. Yeah. Because I think, like, you know, Biden is such a boring, you know, nonsense. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I had even somebody even cover something like that about Trump. They said you have no idea just him being president, how much money he actually brought into oh, they loved it. The media. Oh, they that guy actually it. pumped, made the media more rich because of people wanting to watch him. Yeah. Absolutely. Like even even the media that people shit about, he made them fucking money just being president. Yeah. Like CNN is such a joke and dying did, without Trump. He did wonders for them. I mean, that's when, you know, shit is fucked up when, I don't know, when CNN and, you know, think about like PBS, CBS, TBS, they all have BS in them. All of them. <laughs> like there's no coincidence. All oh of my them. God, I never thought of that before. All of them. And they're all run by the, the same Pilgrim Society elite hawks of Britain. I mean, they're all, <laughs> all of them. All of them. BS, Babylon system. Mm -hmm. BS. You know, that was another actually connection real quick. And I'll just throw this in. It'll be early if anybody's listening. With the Finders cult in the last episode, I even found connections of it going back to the royal family. People oh, yeah. Not surprising. Like, I was like NASA and the royal. Oh yeah, yeah. The royals are. Yeah, there was one of the people that were like associate. One of the family members was like in the royal arts, something or whatever. Mm -hmm. And when you go look at that, it was fucking created by you know and Queen Elizabeth and fucking. It was just like, oh my god, really weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I well the the uh, the royal order of the garter which uh, oversees Freemasonry worldwide was started by King Edward III from the house of plant. Uh, I can never say this plantagen planted. I can't even say it, but anyway, Meghan Markle is a descendant of King Edward III. So all these people that think Meghan Markle is just some Hollywood actress, no, she's fine. <laughs> her bloodline goes way back, which makes her a distant cousin to Harry. If he actually is, 
I mean, it's questionable who his real father is, but, yeah, true. but he is the son of, you know, Diana and Diana was a goldsmith and the goldsmiths are the Rothschilds and, you know, they're all connected, which makes, you know, Diana is cousins with Queen Elizabeth. Um, Kate Middleton, her mother was a goldsmith, Rothschild. So she's cousins with Prince William, who her husband is. So they're all, I mean, it's literally just this long line of interbreeding and they've been doing it since the Habsburg empire. So, I mean, what can you say? They all, they run everything. They control it all. They control the resources and you can trace them back to everything. That's so funny. I was doing a thing. I can't remember which family it was. I don't know if it was transitioning out of Windsor going into Windsor, but like I was doing uh, episodes on just like trying to like decode the number 17. And I started like looking up just like dates and random stuff that might've happened on the 17th. And there's even like on one of those days that I, I think will be in the next one that I'm putting out one of the dates it happened on the 17th where like somebody, it was a King. Uh, I think it might've been, I forgot the King's name. But because of the fact of Germany having a bad rap at some point, he literally changed his fucking last name just to make it look better and appease the people of the country. So now you yeah. have all the fuckers changing names, like just yeah. to, just for the look. To be not oh, yeah. saying you changed who you are, it's just to look better publicly. So like you don't even know who the fuck's who because they're even changing their names because of this shit. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, Bill Clinton, there was something weird about Bill Clinton's dad because his real father was a Rockefeller, was the governor of Arkansas. Like he basically lived Bill Clinton's life before Bill Clinton, but they say it's not Bill Clinton's real dad, but it clearly is. He looks just like him. Um, so, and Bill Clinton is a Rockefeller. I mean, it's, but he's a Clinton. No, he's a Rockefeller. Call a spade a spade. It's obvious, you know, but yeah, they change their names. They all do it. They're all hidden within these bloodlines. Um, trying to think of another example off the top of my head, but they all do it. Like Princess Diana, her last name was Spencer, but she's really a goldsmith. You know, they all do it. It's crazy. It's uh, wild. That's how they get, that's how they like, and in your in your opinion, Amy, sorry, go ahead, Amy. I think when it comes to women, it's also easy to stop playing name games because it changes once you get married. You know this, and you know it's even easier to stop fucking. And you never. And you know what's interesting is that when I'm researching, one of the last things I forget to do, and I've been getting better at this, is that I I I did this with Joe Rogan literally yesterday. I was like, who is Joe Rogan's mom, and what is her surname? Because there's a lot mm. in these the female, the matriarchs of the family, which go unnoticed and people forget. Um, a lot of handlers are actually females. Absolutely. Jill Biden, 100%. She's nuts. Like, I think Kanye West's mother might have been his at one point. Yeah. Now his ex-wife was. And his, yeah, and all oh, the Kardashians. Oh, my God. <laughs> they are, they are special. It's a whole other. Yeah. But yeah, the, the mom, I think the moms have a lot to do with um, the control and uh, who they can really shine a light on who these people really are in their name and their bloodline. And it's a very good um, point. Very yeah. Good. And it's something that you forget. I forget it all the time. So I've been trying to get better at that. Um, just be like, oh, the mom. 
Well, that that was even a thing that when we were trying to cover the finders, I was I was looking into like there was this reverend dude that they were supposedly going to visit in Kentucky that they were going to go help build this new place called New Hope or something. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I really couldn't find much about him. But then, like, when I found like an obituary uh, of his son dying, he mentions his mother's name. Well, when I when I started Googling his fucking mother's name, I started finding her a lot mentioned with him but for some reason i couldn't find him but when i checked her name now you find her in all these religious publications mm, and, there you go. and i yeah. found out so much more of what was going on because i looked into the fucking mother and not the father that's what you got to do and I, that's that's a good research tip always look look at the mom figure well, out the surname yeah interestingly and i was thinking this yeah. uh, the other day i don't know why but like how we're talking about looking into the maternal side of things, the word for like womb or like utero in Italian is matrice, which is like mate. It also yeah. translates to matrix. So yeah. it's like it keeps keeps like the formation of the That's matrix crazy. through the female. Even in like Judaism, the religion religion is passed like through the mother. Yeah, you know it's crazy. Yeah, oh, that is crazy. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah, I don't know why I kept thinking of that word the other day. I don't know, thinking of matrix, and I was like, matrix. Yeah, that's oh my gosh, that is so crazy. Matrix, matriarch. Yeah, matriarch, right? Oh, you know, I did have a question for you, if you don't mind, Amy. There was yeah. somebody in the chat. Oh, I yeah. Because I thought it was actually a decent question. How do you feel about higher intelligence coming through AI? How do I feel about it? Yeah, like, or do you think like higher intelligence or with AI or what's your, what's actually your opinion with AI? So AI is interesting. Um, AI, I think AI, I think it goes a lot deeper and I think it's a, a lot more uh, demonic than you might Think of looking at it just like, you know, just looking at artificial intelligence. I don't think most people would connect the words demonic with it. Um, well, Elon Musk has actually connected the word demonic with it. He has? Well, yeah, yeah, he, he said you're summoning a demon. He said AI is like when you have the magician standing in the pentagram with a cup of water and a wand in one hand thinking he's controlling a demon, but the demon's controlling him. He said that? that? He said verbatim, that, yeah. Almost verbatim <laughs> to what he has said, but then yet he's Mr. AI. Then so let's, it's like, let's invest all the money in it. He's telling you the truth. He's telling you the truth, <laughs> and people just go along with worshiping him. He literally he said, "Oh my god!" He said, "At the end of that uh, get away with it. scenario that he gave about the pentagram and whatever, and then he yeah. said, AI is summoning the demon." But let me invest in it. Okay. Wow. Well, <laughs> that's insane. But that's what I think it is. I think it all goes down to electricity, too, as, as a, in a sense. Yeah. It's just kind of like what you're saying about the supercomputer. That's just a machine filled up with electricity. I, I know as crazy as it sounds, but I think when you even get down to electricity, that's magic in a sense. So, okay. And it's a double-edged sword. You know. So going off that, there is this um, invention called the chronovisor. Okay, now this thing allegedly can it's like through the looking glass like you it, it tells you it can show you images of like the past present and future and i feel like in some way the way that they want ai to go is to be able to do that 
like they want to be able to predict events. They want to see the past. They want to, I think that's like the ultimate goal. Now this allegedly already exists and has existed since the 1920s or thirties. And it allegedly resides at the Vatican. It's called the chronovisor. I think um, it was created by a Jesuit priest and he recruited like 10 scientists allegedly to create this time travel machine, basically. Um, now the Vatican says that anybody that's caught using it will be excommunicated from the church because it's because of its demonic capabilities. capabilities. Yeah. So I think this really does tie into if that's true, we don't know if that's true. That's just what has been written about it. Um, that's what whistleblowers have said. But anyway, if that is true, then I think it definitely ties into artificial intelligence and how they can use demonology really to to run it and to access things that like it's kind of like in my again going back to the spiritual community like the akashic records like how do you meditate to tap into the akashic records to see the past present and future to me that's crazy to me that's tied into the whole demonic thing again i, I the same themes they, they keep popping up so <laughs> Same things. I mean, I don't know. And again, not to bash the people that claim to read the Akashic Records. I don't know anything about it. I've never done it. Um, it just all seems very connected in that way. But Absolutely. I would say with artificial intelligence, I think there are some things that should just be left alone. Yeah. Just because that's, we can. That's one of them. Just <laughs> because we can doesn't mean we should. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then, Amy, what things are you working on, like, for the future? You said you have a couple books that you're, like, starting to research. I have I have a lot of ideas for books. Um, I, I've been doing a ton of research about the Roman Empire and uh, the connection, like, with Latin words and what they mean and the lexicon of how there's so many Latin words that mean stuff in our English language. Um, like for example, the word Roman, um, they all come from the Island of Rhodes, all the technology. Um, I don't know. It's just, all this stuff is so interesting to me and it just really connects our past to the present. So I, I, I really want to, would love to write a book about the Roman empire and how it connects to modern day and how the architecture, like there's domes and, you know, the Caparola center of Italy is now like, looks like the Pentagon, you know, and it's like, there's so many connections between Rome and the United States and all over the world, really like the twin towers and the obelisks, you know, that go back to Mesopotamia. I mean, there's just so much you could cover with that. Um, the star seed stuff's really interesting to me and the psychology behind that. Um, the Washington Monument is like smack in between a Vesica Pisces. There you go. There you go. I mean, the guy that designed Washington, D.C. was a Jesuit named uh, John Carroll. Um, and he he was like, he was high. Well, I think it's interesting that he was a Jesuit, for one. And he designed Washington, D.C. Um and his family came from the country or from the city of when they first came to Washington, D.C., they named it Pope. And then they named or first they named it Rome. So Washington, D.C.'s first actual official name was Rome. And then they changed it. And it's really? based on. Yeah. 
and he was a Jesuit from, I think, Rome. Interesting. <laughs> that designed it, yeah. So it's crazy. Like, that's the whole Roman thing. It just blows my mind. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I Ideas come to me all the time, and I get distracted sometimes. So it's hard for me to stay on track because you know how rabbit holes can take you so yeah. many directions and then you're like but really just the ancient rome the bloodlines that's really what i love to read about and learn so so it's interesting just, yeah it's interesting that you mentioned carol just now uh it, it could not it could just be a totally coincidence have no connection but like again going back to a cult when me and lux even covered the fellowship of friends mm -hmm. that's like a cult over in california that makes their own wine and has like a, a fuck ton of people working in Google in the same division. So oh. that's, that's a worrisome thing that you have wow. one whole division, basically all cult members in Google. Besides that, I was starting to make connections between them and like people's names that are associated with the cult because there was businesses. So mm -hmm. there is names that people that have to register. So I started like looking and making connections and seeing that there was people connected to something called the Lewis Carroll school. Now, I understand Lewis Carroll, I think, was the person who did, uh, might have been Alice in Wonderland or wrote something, but I'm wondering, is there a connection with that last name, Carroll? That I oh. don't know, like, you know what I'm saying? So now yeah. I'm like, what the fuck, was that, was that a rabbit hole? Because I didn't go down it because I couldn't find much on it. And I'm like, it's a whole other rabbit hole. But I'm wondering, like, if I would have put the time into it, could I have gotten to this other Carroll, Carroll person? Well, I, <laughs> the Carroll family is very prominent in the history of the United States. Um, a lot of Jesuits um, named Carol. Um, I believe Georgetown University in Washington, DC was started by the Carroll family. And the Georgetown University is where we get all of our puppet leaders, like the majority of them. Like I, I don't have it in front of me, but there is like an endless list of people that graduated from Jesuit Georgetown that are on the world stage today, including. Uh, wasn't Trump? Didn't some of Trump's kids go there? Trump they all went to Georgetown, Wharton, and Georgetown. All of them, no exceptions. Um, Joe Biden, Jesuit educated. Hunter Biden was a Jesuit volunteer. That's after cool college. Both their kids, I think, ended up in the same college at some point. It's like, come on. All really of them, people, you know. All of them. Um, every. CIA director was either uh, Skull and Bones or Jesuit educated, uh, the director of NASA, the IRS, uh, Stanley Morgan, Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs, all of them, every, every major corporation, uh, think tank, university, you name it, they are Jesuit educated. This is not a coincidence, not a coincidence. And most of them went to Georgetown, even Mike Madigan, who ran the Chicago mafia for 40 years, went to Georgetown Jesuit. I mean, and this is modern. This is like, he just got indicted. I think, or he just, Mike Madigan, I think, I don't know if he's in jail or he got indicted or something, but yeah, he ran Chicago for 35 to 40 years and he was Jesuit educated. That's funny. They were in organized crime too. Oh yeah. That's funny. Cause me and Lux, Lux had wanted to cover, uh, Cicero, who was involved with the Golden Dawn, huge, hugely and we're oh, yeah. organized crime. So yeah. I just find all the very interesting. 
It's not a coincidence that the mafia and the Jesuit organization both started in the 15th century in Italy, in the Etruscan cities. And I, that's mm. my new book writes is a lot about, talks a lot about the history of how Rome was built, who built it, the families, they started the mafia and the Jesuits, not a coincidence. This is a criminal organization we are talking about. And you know that like this, and then they built America and then all the Jesuits and the mafia came to America to continue their operations, you know, and they all work together. That's why I've been saying Italy and Germany has been screwing this country for a long time. Yeah. We don't even realize it. Yeah. I mean, even with like uh, the mafia, I mean, you can, uh, within the last year, I'm saying maybe eight months, you can go on vice depending on how much people are into vice and take their words for it. But you can go on YouTube and I think they have like a 10 minute news thing where they even show up Freemasons. No, I'm sorry. The mafia, yeah. mafia getting popped with kilos of cocaine that they were running for Freemason Lodge. Oh, nice. Mafia was already <laughs> working for the Freemasons. Yeah. Kind of, I, in my opinion, I've come across me and Lux have both come across stuff where it shows that they do fall under the Masonic order. But I mean, if you really think about the whole thing with the mafia, first off, it's always secrecy. You know, you got to kiss some motherfuckers ring. You got to be considered yeah. a made man. And then besides that, that makes it almost seem like a secret society in itself. We're going to do whatever we do here to make money. And then we're going to pay ourselves. And then we're going to send it over to Italy. Yeah. But if Al-Qaeda did that, all these motherfuckers would be up on a wall and they'd be fucking shot live on TV. But when yeah. it does it, it's quite okay. You can rape and pillage and then go send the money over to fucking another country. That's that's all right. You from the Middle East? No, you can't do that. You can't do that from the Middle but East. But instead, let's make a you know epic cinematic classic about it. Godfather. Yeah, you mean Joe based, Pesci? Yeah, based on oh, Mario Puzo's novel. Now they have a TV series called the The Offer, which is about the making of the Godfather and like yeah. glamorizing the whole thing. And, and isn't Trump involved with, in mafia stuff as well? That's been proven Oh, like 100%. in court. Yeah. Okay. He, I wonder if Project Gladio was really like more of like mind fucking the United States instead of the other countries. Yeah, I've wondered about that. Like P2 Freemasonry and the Cabinari of Italy. Well, what's crazy is the Cabinari of Italy, which is a secret society. They are like a Italian Freemason society that's what they call themselves the Cabinari. Oh. the Cabinari wrote a letter to one of the popes i think it was like in 1870 but the Cabinari wrote the pope and he said we will infiltrate your church we will take it over and this is that was that letter called the alta vendita that was literally the the mark of when the, the Catholic Church was infiltrated by the Cabinari, the Italian Freemasonry, and they threatened them. And what is also interesting is that um, Joseph Goebbels, who was the Nazi propagandist under Hitler, mm -hmm. Jesuit educated, and was responsible for starting the pedophiles and the Catholic priest rumors. At first, they were just rumors. And then what happened was they started infiltrating these churches with these pedophiles through yeah. through this like tax they make money. It real. Fuck, wow. So what they did, so what the Nazis did was the Nazis found these pedophiles and said, look, you can join these churches. You can have access to these kids. You can do this. This was under the Nazis. So when Kanye West is going around saying like he loves Nazis, like fuck him, fuck the Nazis, <laughs> fuck all these people. 
Kanye West is nuts. Like, so anyway, the whole pedophile thing was started by the Nazis, the Jesuit Nazis, and was pushed by the Cabinari of Italy in the 1870s. So this whole infiltration of the Catholic Church started a long time ago, a long time ago. And so, you know, people can hate on the Catholic Church all they want, but at one point in time, it was a a religion, um, a religion set up for civil order and to share the views of Jesus Christ. That's really what it was set up for. It was the largest Christian establishment in the world, and it worked for a very long time until the Nazis and the Jesuits decided they didn't like that anymore and they wanted to bring it all down. Yeah, so. that's really interesting to me because I remember I mentioned it like on an episode that NY and I did a long time ago um, that like Pope Leo, he might be the Pope you're talking about. Yeah. Pope Leo the 13th uh, had a vision in like 1884, which is exactly 33 years before the miracle at Fatima. Miracle oh, of the sun. It's interesting, yeah. Yeah, and he had a vision of the of Satan talking at the throne of God, saying, like, I'm going to infiltrate your church and bring it down. And God was like, well, how long do you need? And he told him about 100 years. So that would bring us to 1984, um, which, you know, we're around there. It's not yeah. that far off the mark. And God said he would allow it. He would allow him to try. Yeah. And he goes, okay, test them. So wow. very interesting, the timing that aligns with that, right? That's so interesting. The, the mm -hmm. timing that you even brought up Pope Leo was mind-blowing because yesterday I was making stuff for a new series for the 17th. Mm -hmm. Pope Leo II, not the same one you're talking about, did become the Pope on August 17th. Ooh, <laughs> look at that. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's oh. a couple of popes with 17 either getting the papacy or dying and Russian emperors dying on some yeah, there's yeah. just weird dates that I was going to start putting out that go along with the number 17. That's I literally just looked at it. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting indeed. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. That whole, um, that whole rabbit hole about like infiltration of churches and very, very interesting. It's, that's another, we should do another talk just on that. I mean, you could yeah. talk for hours about that. It's so yes. fascinating and so much there, but, um, Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, I guess we're kind of approaching like the two hour mark. So yeah, I can't I don't believe want to we've take been up your whole day <laughs> forever. Well, I really I thought it was like an hour and a half the most. I know. No, I can't believe it's been two hours. I know. I could talk to you guys for hours. Yeah, that, totally. was, that was quick and that was fun though. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to have you on again, you know, to talk about Definitely. some of the other major themes that we touched on or like Whenever yeah. you have like some research burning and you want to share it, we'd love to have you. I have so much. So anytime. Definitely. Awesome. Definitely. We're going to hold you to that too. In a couple yeah. of weeks, I'm going to ask you, so what do you want to talk about? Again? <laughs> yeah, we'll just be like, I haven't had Amy in a while. Let's yeah. just go, go see what she has to say. Find me. <laughs> Thank awesome. you so much. That was really a great episode. Yeah. And this was probably the biggest turnout in uh, people watching the lives ever. Really? Oh, yeah. I have. I don't have the live up, so I don't know. Yeah. At one point, there was like twenty-three people. That was awesome. Like, I had that when I had like a thousand subs before I got canceled. Yeah. I would get numbers like those. So for her, nice. Yeah. Stuff. No, for me, it's a it's a lot, and I think some of them said that they were here for you. So from Aww. you sharing it, which is Thank really you. nice. That's yeah. Awesome. Well, that's cool. awesome. Yeah. So do you want to tell everyone where they can find like your research videos now? Because I think you've moved it a couple times. Yeah. Your I've, books and yeah. how they can connect with you. 
I've been all over the place. Uh, right now I am on uh, Brighteon and Rumble. My channel is called Amy's Research. And I just got back on Twitter, Amy's Research. Um, my Instagram, it's private. Um, Amy lives outdoors. I just post like my nature pictures, um, share some research in my stories every once in a while. It's kind of boring. So um, the stories, that, though, the the stories, stories are, are crazy. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, my books are on Amazon, um, independently published. So I, my name, my writing name is Amy Hunter. That's my name. So you can find me by typing in the full title of my books. And that is where you can find me. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on, Amy. Yeah, the thank best you time. guys. Yeah, it was awesome. We'll do it again. Yeah. Sure, sure. And thank you, NY, for hosting with me. Oh, of course. This is like one of the most, you've talked the most, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes he doesn't talk all that much. And I'm like, is he having fun? I don't know. No, <laughs> that's um, awesome. You know what? Some of the guests you have on, I've literally never spoken to until then. True. That's I, true. I've been I know. talking to Amy on and off for a while now. So this was Absolutely. like, okay, yeah, that's um, awesome. Yeah. So for me, I was like, oh, this is like almost doing my show, really. So, totally. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And thank you to everyone who hung out in the chat, whether you know, was your first time or you come all the time. Thank you so much. Yeah. And yeah, be sure to check out Amy's books because I have I have Synarchy and I'm like partway through. It's really great. And I bought like four copies for Christmas. I'm like, everyone is getting this. Nice. Oh, thank learn. you so much. All That's awesome. Learn. All the <laughs> yeah, my brother, my parents. I'm like, it's time. You're it's ready. It's a crazy <laughs> book. It's I've people say it's very dark. It's the darkest book they've ever read, but I'm like, well, it's well, that's the truth. That's our is. world. Exactly. <laughs> Crazy world. Amazing. Please keep yeah. doing what you're doing. And sure. it was a pleasure, yeah. you know, Thank hanging you. out with you. And yeah. Real quick, if you don't mind me to, just to add, because there might be new listeners, um, yeah. I do have my own stuff. Yes, yeah, sorry. I do have, you know, <laughs> the, the links are in the bottom. The NY Patriot Show and the Occult Rejects. But I also do want to push that we do have a thing called the Element Server. That is like, it's better than Discord. It's like basically no censorship. You, we haven't had a problem. Discord, we got banned. I don't know how many fucking times. We have Element servers, plenty of other shows and podcasts, and there's a fuck ton of channels, a fuck ton of people in there just dropping research. It's a really cool place. Check that out. You might like it. And it's web-based. You don't have to download another app. So check out the notes in the bottom for my stuff in the Element server. Yes. Please check out NY's other shows. <laughs> <laughs> and the Occult Rejects as well. You guys do an awesome job breaking down thank stuff you, every it. week. Yeah. So thank you, everyone. And I guess we'll see you in the next one. Yes. <laughs> Later.